It's time for a legendary introduction. Welcome to Unpacking the Box. I really think nobody does it better. Join the conversation as we cover everything from life and relationships. All a woman wants is a choice. Inspiring interviews. That just hit me. Wow. And everything in between. Just keeping it real. We keeping it all the way real. Whoa. Now let's start unpacking. This is Linnea, your host. I came to get this, get this, get this party jumping. I came to get this party party club. I came to get this, get this party jumping. I came to get this, get this, get this party club. Today, I'm here with actor, writer, Javon Johnson. Hello, how are you? I'm doing great, how you doing? I'm good, welcome to Unpacking the Box. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you, thank you, I'm happy to be here. Yes, so where are you from? I am uh, originally from Anderson, South Carolina. Uh, a lot of people know that's also the uh, hometown of our late great Chadwick Boseman. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Okay, and then how was it there for you growing up? Uh, you know, it's a uh, textile, uh, automotive industry. You know, if you want, maybe uh, Korean medicine, you know, might be good. But that was predominantly it. <laughs> it's a small town, about you know, I think in my childhood, maybe around fifteen, twenty thousand somewhere in there. It's grown, grown some now, of course, but still considered a small town relatively. Okay. Okay, so like, what what led you into the world of acting? Uh, you know what? I, uh, it's one of those things where I was led by faith, and uh, I was being guided. Um, you know, uh, talking about my small town, there wasn't a lot of aspiration for for the arts uh, as 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 kids. Uh, me and my homeboys, so to speak, we weren't talking about being actors and being on TV and being filmmakers and all those kinds of things. We were talking about playing sports. You know, if you weren't going to play college you know, college sports, then you was going to go into the uh, the textile industry or go into some plant for the next 30, 40 years or work at BMW the automotive industry or something like that. So um, it wasn't something I was growing up aspiring to do. Um, I wasn't even going to go to college. Uh, my high school choir teacher saw something in me that I didn't see. And she stopped me one day and said, you're gonna to go to college. And I said, well, I can't afford that. And most of the people in my family didn't go. Uh, a lot of people in my family had like a high school uh, uh, level education, so it wasn't a mm -hmm. part of the agenda for me. But she said, you're gonna go to college and I'm gonna get you a scholarship. And that was on the choir. I can't sing, <laughs> but <laughs> she said she wanted me to go to college. So I went to college in, you know, at South Carolina State University, HBCU. But there was a big theater building right next to the music building. And every day I would watch, walk by that building and it felt like it was just pulling me inside. And uh, for a while, I didn't really know why. But I eventually went in there. Uh, long story short, became, you know, uh, gave up my choir scholarship for a theater scholarship and became the theater president and just kept going from there. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I learned that you were, you know, in theater. I think that's amazing. I love to watch like plays and stuff like that. So that's where you got your start in theater. 
Yeah, theater is my blood, and I, you know, television, film is is wonderful. But uh, you know, my blood is is theater. It's where you pay. I pay all my dues in theater and get all the grinding hard work <laughs> for years. You know, <laughs> I, I I come from the generation of of young actors who slept in the theater. You know, we was in there around the clock putting in work and building sets. And you know, it's a little different now, but uh, that's the era I come from. So theater theater is in my DNA. Nice. I love that. So, okay, let's talk about The Oval, which we can currently see on The Oval every Tuesday, 9 o'clock on BET, which I love. First of all, I never miss an episode. Like, I I can't wait to the night. Like, it's so juicy. I appreciate that. (laughs) Yes, I love, first of all, I love Rich's character, which you are so talented because let me tell you something. We be going through it with uh, Richard sometimes, you know, sometimes. We be going through it. You you be going through it, Richard. Richard Richard be going through it. (laughs) Richard be like, you know, we we, we just sometimes, you know, Richard be getting on our nerves, but we still love him. You know, when when Nancy, you know how he was treating Nancy, we was like, oh, please just stop doing Nancy like that. I, 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 I I don't understand. I don't understand how you say how he was treating Nancy and stopped doing Nancy like that without first saying how Nancy treated him and how yes, she did. You got to first say, you got to start there. <laughs> yeah, Nancy, Nancy did some messed up stuff. She did. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Richard, definitely... you know, you, listen, listen, you know, uh, it, this is one of those cases where a, 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 um, a, a bad woman made a good man bad, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yes, and I love her too. I got a chance to speak to her as well. But I, I love the yeah. chemistry. I love um, the storyline. But you know, I, I guess you know we just you know, especially us women, we're like you know, just forgive her already. You know, hey, listen, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, it's funny because you know, uh, you know, when you talk to the fans of the show and I, I, consistently across the board, I get exactly what you're saying. You know, women coming yeah. to me saying, "Richard, Richard, why are you treating Nancy like this?" And I say, "You know what? Let me ask you a question. If your husband." told you that he had a baby by your mama (laughs) and that was your half sister would you be saying the same thing (laughs) and all of them say when they think about it they're like "Mm, maybe he shouldn't be so forgiven maybe he had a right to (laughs) right 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 right. I, I agree so for those who don't know, you know, which, you know, those people that are asleep in the back because the Oval is a hit show, right? So everybody really should be watching it. But tell people about your character, Richard, you know, that you portray. Uh, Richard's the uh, head butler at the White House. Um, he's an ex-military guy. He's a, you know, what I love about Richard is that he's a man of service and he's a man of dignity. He's an honorable man and he's one of the more grounded characters on the show. Um, and he's a family man. And he's, he's always trying to make the best decision, not even sometimes for himself, but for those around him, particularly his family. Um, but he gets thrown into a whirlwind of madness. And he's really, to me, just trying to keep the pieces together and keep everything from falling apart. And I love the dichotomy of being in that conflict as a as a character in a series. Just you know, from, from episode to episode, I have enough conflict there that makes it exciting to walk in Richard's shoes uh, in this show. So it's, I've had a great time playing this guy. Yes, I, I love it. So, like, how did you prepare for the role? Um, wait, you know what? <laughs> how do you prepare to work with with, with Tyler Perry first? <laughs> 
Tyler, <laughs> works, Tyler works quite differently. You know, he works quite differently. Uh, he's super fast. He's he's not even super fast. He's unbelievably fast. It's amazing how much he gets done uh, in such a small amount of time. It's amazing that the man produces the way he does, and and, and you know, is a human being because it's just mm-hmm. it's like he's a machine, and um, mm-hmm. and his and his machine runs the way he runs, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So preparation, you know, the first season, I think for a lot of us was a wild ride, you know, because we had to figure it all out. We had to figure out the pacing, um, figure out the, the process, and at least for me, it was like I was just holding on. <laughs> trying not to <laughs> fall off the ship, but the ship was sailing. Um, but now, you know, going into these later seasons, we kind of get a, got a hang of it. Um, um, so it's, it's a little smoother for, for everybody and uh, um, it's a little less wild because uh, we know what to expect uh, going into production now. So I think, you know, I really, I don't know if I really was prepared because I didn't know how to prepare for something that I had not experienced yet in terms of how uh, Tyler produces. Um, but in terms of the work as an actor, you know, I typically just do my basic preparation uh, for any role um, as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And shout out to like all of you, you and the whole cast for just being able to adapt because I've heard how he works, which is just brilliant. And all of you are. So that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it takes some flexibility as an artist. Uh, because you know, every situation is not the same. Every production is not the same. So you you know you can't always be holding to your process and things that make you comfortable in the work. Because sometimes the work doesn't go the way you would necessarily prefer it to to cater to your process. Sometimes you have to adjust your process to the production. And uh, I, I consider this one of the greatest challenges I've had in my career so far in terms of that that making that kind of adjustment and being able to be what I consider uh, uh, successful in it. Mm-hmm. And then what what have you learned about yourself as an actor since portraying Richard? Um, well, that really, that I, could, that I could let go of some of my normalcy in terms of the process and the work and, and be able to adjust and still feel genuine in the role. Um, because, you know, actors would love to have as much prep time as possible and so, and so many takes and let's do it again because actors want to get it perfect. They want to get mm-hmm. it right. And they, they want, and, you know, sometimes we get a little self-absorbed in the process. We want all the all the time we want to make sure we feel like it's great and good. Um, but but yeah. uh, when we don't get that, it's like, what do you do? How do you how do you deal with that? And um, so uh, one of the biggest things I've learned is that I can work at that pace. And I cannot be stressed in, in, in through the course of it. And I could find what is success according to this scenario. You know, so that that's that's growth as far as I'm concerned. Yes. So you also write, produce, and direct. I mean, you wear all the hats out here in this creative street. <laughs> I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's inspiring. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm always intrigued by people who write, writers, because myself, I'm a writer. And it's like, for me, it's like, it's so calming. It's so freeing. Like, I'm in my own world, you know, and I can go anywhere that I want, you know, plot twist, whatever. So, like, what are the feelings that you experience while you're writing and what inspires you to write? Uh, you know what? Uh, writing came to me the same way acting did. I, and it was by faith. I, it was something I sat down and, and decided I wanted to do or even knew that I could do. Uh, the first time I experienced any inkling of being a writer, 
I was hearing voices and I had never experienced that in my life. And I, I didn't even talk about it because, you know, being a black man, you, you know, black culture, we don't talk about stuff like that. It's like, you crazy, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. so I, I, was, I was hearing these characters in my head and I was like, I have never, you know, and, and I, I resisted it, but it played out in my head like a movie. And I got to know these characters. And so I, I sat down and wrote my first, I didn't know what it was. I just wrote down what I saw and heard in my head and, you know, by pencil and then I, you know, rewrote it in, in ink and then I bought a word processor and typed it up and I did all this whole thing. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just guided and following. And then this thing, I, I had something. <laughs> and then I said, I don't know what this is. And then I started letting people read it and getting feedback. Mm -hmm. And that was the start of my writing. Um, at, at the time, I doubted I even had the intellectual capacity to write something that was something that anybody could read and worth anybody's time. So I, I doubted the whole thing. Uh, but I was I was kind of being led spiritually uh, on autopilot for a while and uh, jumping ahead. I, I probably won about four or five national awards as a writer before I even, and, and probably about four or five plays into it before I even said I was a writer. It, it mm -hmm. took a lot for me. To, it took a lot for me to admit or to accept that I was a, that I was a writer. Um, but one thing about the writing, I would say, that there's so much power in it. There's so much, you know, as, a, as, a, as an actor, I'm always supporting somebody else's voice. But as a writer, it is my voice. It's my story. It's my perspective. It's, it's, it's everything that I want it to be. And, and as a result of that, hundreds of people get employed. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then that can affect the world, you know what I mean, in terms of what how, it, how it's distributed. So mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of power um, and it's definitely a... a a, a spiritual thing for me in the writing process. Um, so it's nothing like writing. I, a lot of times early on in my career, I would get the question, which did I enjoy most between acting and writing? And I, for, for years, I would answer that the same way. I would say I loved them both equally for different reasons. Mm -hmm. But then I got, I got tired of that answer. I was like, man, I'm tired of saying that same thing every time I'm asked that question. And so I asked myself the question. <laughs> I, I changed the question a little bit. I said, which one could I not live the rest of my life without doing? Mm. And, and when I asked that, I said, oh, it would be writing because it's just so much more in the writing of something than it is in the interpretation of, as an actor. Yeah, I agree. Writing is just so amazing. It's like, it's that's like something, that's like one of my favorite things like in the whole world is just writing and reading and things like that because words are just so powerful. Absolutely. So I, I agree. So like, what do you do whenever you get free time? What do you like to do? I don't have free time. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's few and far between. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have free time because, you know, I'm, always, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a creative person. So I'm always an artist, you know, um, even when I'm being a husband or a dad. It's, it's funny because even as a dad, I'm looking at my kids and I'm studying them like as an artist, like because I'm, I'm going to write something <laughs> someday when I got these kids, you know what I'm saying? So it's never, yeah. I'm never really off, you know. What about uh, like self-care? Do you do anything like to practice self-care? I mean, the, the, the gym is probably it, like. Okay. I try, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a gym rat. Um, so I guess I escape a little bit, detach a little bit in the gym because then it's all about being a macho man and thinking I, you know, thinking I'm built like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I do that whole I do that whole macho fantasy in the gym. So <laughs> that's too funny. That's it's all good though. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. 
<laughs> All right. So if you if you could go back in time and you could have a conversation with anyone, like who would you have a conversation with and why? Uh, wow, that's that's difficult because there's so many great ones. Uh, I mean, I, I, the, the most then my impulsive reaction is that to that is would have to be Sidney Poitier just because we just lost him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's one of the people that uh, I never got to personally meet. Um, but, you know, obviously Sidney was a legend. I mean, he was huge in terms of what I do and in terms of how he inspired uh, generations of people who followed in his path. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think right the immediate re- reaction to that question would be Sidney Poitier. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. So do you, um, what advice like would you give to someone who wants to pursue acting? Uh, first thing I would tell you is you have to absolutely love it. Depending on what you're in for it for, because some people want to pursue acting for the fame and some people want to pursue it because if the craft is in them and they want, you know, they have something to say in the work. Um, but if, if, you, if you're passionate about it, uh, you have to love it because you're going to endure so much in the pursuit of it that you're going to be tested. And if you can't weather the storm, then it's no use of you trying unless you're really dedicated to going through everything that you have to go through to get to the point where you can succeed because this is a, you know, this is an industry where you are, you have an X on your chest. You're the target of criticism. You're the target of rejection. And most of the time you spend your time being criticized and rejected. And so if you can't endure that, this is not really, you know, the avenue for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be mentally strong and emotionally strong and, and you have to be trained and prepped up a lot of people just jump into it and they think oh I'm gonna be famous I just get an agent I just get a manager I'm good I, I look good I'm, I'm, I'm sexy or whatever I got a lot of personality yeah some people hit the lottery and most of us don't mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean so you either playing the lottery or you really planning and strategizing and, and, and really um, have goals and going after those goals and being patient and persistent about it um, so love it. You, you have to start with, with the love of it, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. So do you have any up and coming projects that you could talk about that we can look out for? Uh, yeah, you know, um, I have my company, Javon Johnson Productions, and um, uh, you look out for a production called Sanctify. It's a touring show that we're putting together. It's a hilarious gospel comedy. We just did a, uh, a, a production of it. Um, um, in Watkinsville, Georgia, near um, Athens, Georgia. But we're now starting to route the show for the tour. Um, so that's coming up. I have another show called When Love Calls Your Name that got shut down before COVID. We're bringing that show back out. Um, directing the film called uh, Ink in Atlanta uh, in the February. Uh, developing another film that I'm co-writing and directing and producing later on. It's a lot. There's a lot. I don't know how to go through all of it, but it's a yes. lot up. Uh, I have my school, uh, Barefoot Conservatory in Spartanburg, South Carolina. So if you're in the, uh, in the area, please look us up at uh, uh, www.barefootsc.com. Um, but you, uh, you know, Chadwick Boseman and myself being from, you know, Chadwick Boseman played the Black Panther. Uh, being from the same hometown, there wasn't much that contributed to our success in the state of South Carolina. So I wanted to build something that could start to uh, cultivate and groom all this talent we have that's lying dormant with no direction. 
Mm-hmm. And, and don't have a lot of us don't have a permission to even dream in that way in this in this in South Carolina area. So I wanted to establish a, a training performing arts training school to kind of be a solution to that problem. So that's that's a constant uh, constant work there. So I, I have a lot going on. <laughs> yes, you do. But that's amazing. Yeah. That's a blessing. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I love how you're giving back because it's like it's so many people that want to you know pursue their dreams and acting or whatever it is. And a lot of times it's challenging. So for you to create that and give people opportunities, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, you're welcome. Well, I have enjoyed talking to you. Same here. Same here. <laughs> yes. But before you leave, there's something that I love to do with every guest, you know, since this is Unpacking a Box. It's called a segment called Unpack Your Box, where, you know, you get one minute or whatever. Who's, you know, no one's counting. You can say whatever you want to say, what la- whatever last words you want to leave. Oh, I don't say last word. That sounds. Well, <laughs> not for this show, for, but not, not final. Yeah, <laughs> it does sound real final, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little nervous. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess if I could say anything to you, you know, to your listeners and those that are uh, tuning in to this interview is, um, you know, uh, really investigate yourself and know yourself, value your self-worth. I come across as a teacher, I come across, one of the things that I deal with constantly, uh, specifically with uh, actors, of, uh, actors of color, unfortunately, um, is that I have to start building their self-worth and that journey begins with them even identifying that they have anything of value to offer to the world. Uh, a lot of times what is precious about us, what is special about us, we get told so much that it has no worth in our, in our childhood and our, our, our upbringing and our history that we don't even see the gem in ourselves. So I spent a lot of time opening up people's treasure chests and saying, hey, that piece of coal you thought was, was, was worth nothing, that's actually a diamond inside that. Let's break it open and get to that diamond part that you hid away and somebody, somebody made you put away in, in your spirit and your life. Um, so that, you know, if you don't think you're worth anything, reevaluate that, look at yourself in the mirror deeper and take back everything that the world has taken from you and reclaim what's precious about you because that's the best thing you have to offer the world in anything that you do. I guess that would be my not so final words. That was... <laughs> That was good. I love that. I, I love that. <laughs> yes. So tell the people where they can keep up with you, your handles, all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. All of my handles are um, I am Javon Johnson. So it's uh, Instagram or Facebook. Uh, website is javonjohnson.net. Um, that's about it. Look me up, follow me. Uh, I post most of the stuff that I'm doing. I post it all the time. So it's a good way to keep up with, uh, with, with some announcement, auditions and things like that, classes, workshops, and productions. <clears throat> uh, I typically post on all my platforms. So make sure you follow me. Yes, make sure you guys follow this king. He's amazing. He's doing some really big things, you guys. And y'all can catch him on the old tonight at 9 on BET. Thank you so much for taking time out. I appreciate you. And I genuinely mean that you're inspiring me to just do more. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yes, thank you so much. Wait. Before you leave, keep up with your girl on Instagram at unpacking underscore the underscore box underscore podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be well.